Hello and welcome to Head Above the Clouds podcast. And for what seems like forever ago, we are pleased to say we are back following the launch of our pilot series with even more conversations around mental health, well-being, guest experiences and endeavours, and boy does it feel good. For those of you who are new to our podcast, a big hello from the HATC team. Here at HATC, we continue to create spaces where people can find a moment's escapism or even a bit of respite. So take a moment, settle in, and welcome to the community and world that is ahead of the class. Hello and welcome to Head Above the Clouds podcast with me, Alice G. And me, Jay Poltney. We're here to have open and honest conversations about mental illness and hopefully give some advice about how to keep your head above the clouds. Hello and welcome back to our podcast with me, Alice G and Jade Polney. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation last week with comedian and legend Tom Allen, which at the time was actually pretty exciting because the first lockdown restrictions had started to ease and we were finally able to actually get some human contact and socially distance and record with Tom. This week, we are joined by the one and only Natty from Fickle Friends. Over the past six years, Fickle Friends have dominated the indie charts with hits like Swim, Glue and Pretty Great. So although new COVID restrictions had come into place, we had the pleasure of being able to talk all things touring, recording and mental health with Natty over Zoom for the episode. So kick back and enjoy another episode with us at Head Above the Clouds. Hi Natty, thanks for joining me and Jade. How are you doing? For having me. I'm okay. I'm all right. Coping. <laughs> yeah, taking each day as it comes. God, I can imagine. So is everything, when it comes to the band, has everything been on pause or are you able to still like be managing to, to work remotely? Um, so I've actually been, I am, um, I go to Brighton every week. I've just been driving down because that's where yeah. our studio is. So we've managed to like keep writing and like doing all the creative stuff, but obviously live, the live part of Fickle Friends has very much died a death this year. <laughs> just, you know, still trying to, trying to make my peace with it. But um, no, nothing's come to a complete standstill. I think I'd lose my mind if we couldn't continue being creative. Oh, definitely. I, had you got a lot of, you had a, quite a few things planned, didn't you, live? You yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally festivals and, and everything all booked in. And oh, yeah. And out. Yeah, we were supposed to be doing an Asian tour in September. Oh we were supposed to be in America right now and then doing a big UK tour. So, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, having to kiss it all goodbye and just not know when you can reschedule things is weird. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, it must be difficult. I think as well, you put a lot of anticipation and, and there's, we know there's a huge amount of planning that goes into these, these things. And I think it's fair to say that it's very disappointing to put everything on hold, really. Disappointing is the word, but you know. Yeah, at least you're able to go down to Brighton and um, see each other, which is obviously must have been nice to have, you know, well, recently to have that bit of company with each other yeah you must you normally spend a lot of time together I'd imagine if you're on tour you know three quarters of the year yeah this is probably the longest amount of time that we haven't like all been hanging out as a four like off that often we do a lot of zooms (laughs) 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 because we all kind of live all over the place now um 
So um, it's usually just me and Jack like in the studio doing all the writing, but we make sure that we try and organise some sort of meetups or Zoom calls with the others. But I miss them all a lot. Yeah, I think the distance has become uh, obviously is an issue anyway, but it's harder in lockdown. I mean, Zooms have helped. I mean, how the question is, how many pub quizzes have you done? I think that's the real question. I mean, I think we all, <laughs> when we first got locked down, it was like a bi-weekly situation and it went on and on and on to the point where I was like I'm so like quizzed out I don't know what to do but it must have been like three or four months worth of pub quizzes like twice a week that's crazy they stopped it was just suddenly no one did a quiz anymore and I was like did we all just agree done with this now we're like I'm over it now I feel like I missed out because I did literally one quiz and it was one that I did I know I did one quiz and it was like I did it for my best, one of my best friend's birthdays. And it was the, I mean, it, I, I realised how much work goes into a quiz. It was, it was hours of work. And after yeah. that, I was like, do you know what? I don't we have time for this. We were just doing like PowerPoints, but we were like trying to outdo each other every week. Like who could do the most, like, and then I was on freaking like After Effects and Adobe. Like I'm going to make motion. I'm going to put sound on mine. Being like, it was taking up like a good three days of my week was planning a quiz for a Friday night. And I was like, Jesus, this is all I'm living for right now is a Zoom quiz. That's how sad it's going. So obviously work-wise with, with the, the band, have been, you've been able to do some bits, but you, you know, major tours have been paused. You also, you're a yoga teacher, am I right? I sure am, yeah. How long have you been doing that for? So I, so I started my training this year in January, but I've been teaching, like literally since we locked down, I've been teaching... Um, every week on zoom and just starting to get back into studios now so I guess no August September October I guess we're like four or five months now wow yeah it's quite a it's while cool. <laughs> was it obviously it was like a you probably had initially planned to be doing it more in the studio so was it like a big big I don't know, was it more difficult doing it through Zoom or did it just work just as, just as well? Um, it was weird because obviously like you just have to kind of rely on like Instagram followers or people you know to join Zoom and I still do but it's actually been like a really nice thing to look forward to every week and a really lovely way of bringing a, a group of people together every week who like don't necessarily know each other and we kind of all get to have this kind of ritual every Sunday. It's really, it's actually quite nice. It's been like a the silver lining, I guess. Of I can imagine. Trapped inside. It's routine as well. Obviously, yoga is incredible. Having that thing to go to. Yeah, it's um. That's how I came to yoga in the first place. It's like a means of kind of managing my panicky tendencies, I suppose, or my worry. And like even now, like sometimes I have to force myself onto the mat, and I know I'm like it's going to be feel weird for the next like half an hour but I know by the end of the hour I'll feel like a new person but it's like you say it just is like it it's like allowing yourself that space to kind of like just kind of like sit and kind of you know come as you are and kind of wallow in what you are feeling right then and there breathing and movement it just kind of the meditative vibe that you kind of create for yourself just like feels like you're born again at the end yeah. of the practice or it is for me anyway but pra- practicing mindfulness has definitely become a big part of that and meditation as well I think though with the, the benefit I found with yoga is, is sometimes with mindfulness is there's such focus on it at least I find with yoga that I, I almost don't have to think about that part it just comes naturally alongside it for for me personally which sometimes when you think oh my god you know 
go, you know, it, as cringy as it might sound, go be mindful and take that time. I'm not very good at that. I'm, I'm useless at carving time. So if I, if I do exercise or yoga or, or whatever it may be, I find that it allows me to, to do that without having to, to like actually cognitively like think about it. I'm exactly the same. I am um, before yoga. I was kind of, you know, I downloaded headspace and I was like, there must be, I need to like start meditating and give myself this time, but just sitting and being and giving yourself that time. I just, I was like, it wasn't something that I could stick to because I wasn't feeling like I was achieving anything else by it. Whereas with yoga, it's kind of because there is asana, because there's movement and like you're feeling like you're moving and you know, it's like a health benefit. It is exercise, it's everything else. And it kind of all ties into one. So it like for some reason in my head somewhere, I can allow myself that. I think it's like, especially when it comes to, I don't know if you're high functioning, but um, me and Jade are quite, <laughs> we're quite high functioning people and we find it quite hard to stop. Um, I mean, I find it really hard with work to put things down. I know Jade's up crazy hours, you know, oh, on a roll. Yeah, I, having that sort of time to be like, right, I know I need to turn off things and then just focus on the movements or focus on the mindfulness for like an hour is like really helpful to just then slow down the end of your day and be like, okay, the work day is over or the work day is about to start, but I'm having this moment to myself yeah. to like not focus on the hustle and bustle of everything else that I need to do. I think when you're not working like a nine to five or you are self-employed or you are in like the creative industry, I'm exactly the same. It's like, you're not, you know, leaving your house and going to work and you're doing your nine to five and then you're coming yeah. home and, and you leave everything behind. Like with me, like, I'm like you, I've, I've got like something to do or like I do a bit of illustration and animation. It's kind of like, whilst my housemate will be watching Bake Off and like she's come home from work and this is her time to chill out. I'm there like working until I fall asleep that night. Yeah, I have these sort of tendencies where if I am into something, I won't stop doing it until it's stopped, like until like the task is over. So if I suddenly really like get into like fixing something on our website, for example, I'll be there till like four or five in the morning until it's done. And then fall asleep for two hours and wake up at seven o'clock to start the day again. It's something I think that for when you grow up, you're taught that, I mean, especially in the creative industries, you, you go for it. You just put all this time in and you have to carry on. And there's no like boundaries. You say when work finishes and you leave work at work and you come home. Saying Bake Off, I think that's literally the one time the week that I schedule out. I'm a big okay. Bake Off fan. So I schedule out at one hour where... I will yeah. watch it like no phone <laughs> or like no laptop like the other times you know the, you wouldn't believe the timestamps I get from Jade of her some of the work she does like 4 30 a.m and I'm like Jesus yeah, yeah you, the many times I've like woken up to like a text off you being like why were you signed into PowerPoint at half past three in the morning I'm like just doing things okay Leave me <laughs> but it, we all work differently and I do think I will go the opposite I'm more of like start at seven and finish at like 10 and then try and sleep um Jade's you know on a different time like almost in America <laughs> it's similar to like you though I'm so used to before this working in the nighttime part of music and mm. the live side of it that my days normally didn't start until 3 p.m anyway mm. yeah which is probably similar for you it's like your schedule's all over the place and it's so fluid and it's never like set in stone 
every month yeah. every week is completely different that it's been really difficult to sort of find a natural body schedule to do these things in because I'm just like oh I'm, I'm, I'm still getting up at three but I've got actually nothing to do now I'm just like whoa <laughs> I've gotten very good at giving myself a schedule not necessarily mm-hmm. a schedule like obviously allow, sometimes I allow myself to wake up and I'll just sit in my bed and I'll work for a few hours in my pjs and which probably isn't great because you know you don't have that like getting up and having a shower and doing whatever but some days you do that but I've like because I've kind of um not branched out but I've like I've, I've hustled I cannot my I cannot be idle because that's when mentally I start spiraling quite quickly yeah. and I knew that as soon as we went into lockdown I was like right and I was you know I was in a situation where I was li- living with my ex and really it was really really devastating that kind of like went down like the drain during lockdown as it has for so many other people and it's left us feeling quite confused because I feel like I was in such a different headspace at that point as well and I cannot I can't really relate to like what I was feeling but all I knew was that I needed to keep myself busy and at that point I couldn't go to Brighton I couldn't go to the studio like we're trying to do a bit of like remote writing but it just wasn't the same vibe and I was like right what else can I do like luckily I had like my yoga training and teaching and then I started getting into trying to do some more commissions and drawing and just trying to like fill my day so I wouldn't be sat there like I've got five hours where I have absolutely nothing to do and binge watching Netflix just doesn't it's not good for me like I love don't get don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. I love it but I'm not one of those people who can just sit there and watch it all, all day long I think allowing yourself like as you said I, I have Friday mornings where I tend to have like the hour in bed with my PJs. It's like my ritual, the one day a week where, I, or at least I try and make it a Friday where I can like do it at a different pace. So I think having those little things about, I don't know, self-care, if that's the right way. Yeah, it is. Really, it definitely is. I think that's really, Hashtag really self-care. That's been, a big, <laughs> that's been a, bit, a big factor in my life this year. scheduling your self-care time (laughs) what's your favorite obviously you've got the yoga what's your favorite like self-care things because you can do yoga anywhere people say to me oh you can only do it in your room I've done yoga in toilet bathrooms and pubs like when I when I need it from having a meltdown obviously you've got the yoga but what else is like your go-to I I really really love going for a walk and listening to audio books um I, I mean, I, I tend to just kind of work through all the Harry Potter books and then I, I'm ready to start them again. So it's just something about <laughs> listening to Harry Potter. It's so mindless. I know what's coming. It's Stephen Fry's voice and going for a walk like by myself, especially where I live now in East London. It's just so beautiful with the canals. Um, I love doing that. Um, That's exactly it- what I do. Is it what you do? It's great, I have the Stephen it? Fry's. I have the Stephen Fry audiobooks on my old iPod classic. So I take that out with me and I'm like, I've not got my phone so no one can contact yeah. me during this like 45 minutes where I'm just going to walk around the park or the woods by my house <laughs> and just be like, oh, Stephen Fry, he's so calm. And it's like, oh, this is so nice. It's like, Stephen it's perfect. Fry, I know exactly what's happening. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, a, a twist. I'm like, I yeah. know where this is going. I turn my phone on airplane mode and I just do it or sometimes if I'm like going to meet a friend and I and I'm like oh it's you know I could take the bus there or it's like a an hour walk and I'll just walk and I'll put Harry Potter on and that's like my time I used to do it on the way to and from school I used to hide my iPod in a secret pocket in our blazers I used to hide my <laughs> iPod in and on the way to school I'd be listening to Harry Potter and I still do it now like what 10 years later yeah I'm I'm obsessed as well I just it's just so good <laughs> it's everything I want we just spend a lot of time watching Mamma Mia on repeat, I think. 
Netflix knew exactly <laughs> what it was doing with the movies when lockdown started. Like, we're going to put all the cheesy, nostalgic movies on. And I was, that was like, oh, Mamma Mia's on, Angus Songs and Perfect Snoggins on it. I was just like, oh, it's like, it's like I'm 10 again. It's watching all these really crap films. I'm like, I love it. This is sick. I got rid of Shrek, though, which I wasn't too fond about. As uh, Shrek's, like, one of my... You used to watch Shrek, like, every week on Netflix. I, I, I have, like, certain films that when my anxiety is really bad that really calm me. So one of them is Shrek 2. Um, another one is, like, Despicable Me and Minions. I don't know what it is. I cannot tell you. But it, like, I can be in the worst state and put it on and I'll just totally, like... I'm like a child. I just totally, like, plateau out. I noticed you started a swap shop. Is it you borrow or you, do you like fully sell or is it like both? Um, so it's a complete, it's a swap. So basically the idea is that, um, so we set up rails, people bring their unwanted clothes that they would normally just drop off at the charity shop or, you know, do whatever. And then whatever's left over, we tend to keep for the next swap or, um, you know, drop to the charity shop. You kind of like learn what gets left behind a lot of the time. But we do yeah. try and like enforce a rule of like that we don't really accept any kind of tatty clothes with no life left in them but it's a really really nice like experience people tend to kind of like stick around for quite a long time and just chat and it's just like a nice vibe and group of like-minded people the thing is I think a lot of people who would normally say that they are kind of you know quite like anti-fast fashion conscious or whatever they they just they can't um they just can't get away from like the allure of uh, ASOS next day delivery. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just e- like even my friends who love um, swap shop and they, they love shopping in charity shops and they love vintage. They're still, I'm still going to see them. Like, Oh, I really like your shirt. They're like, Oh, it's ASOS. I was like, Oh, haven't broken the habit yet. Have we? It's kind of like, I guess, you know, like why would someone go vegan? And they're just like, Oh, it just tastes like meat tastes so good. Like cheese is so delicious. Like it just kind of like takes over their like moral principles. Yeah. It's, it's the convenience, isn't it? Because I, yeah. at the start of lockdown, downloaded TikTok. And for some reason I was getting shown loads of all these like girls making their own clothes. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so sick. And like girls learning to knit. So I've been trying to learn to knit. I'm getting a sewing machine. But then downloading um, patterns, like um, sewing patterns and knitting patterns and that, they were all so complicated. And I was Googling, why is it so complicated? And it was a whole legitimate conspiracy theory from these big fashion brands who paid off these catalog companies who made knitting and sewing patterns to intentionally make them more difficult so people would stop sewing and start mass consuming in shops and I was like this it's like there is no easy way to get out of this system we're sort of weird like trapped I think we have to accept the fact that we're like inherently not perfect people um I think doing it with baby steps and letting people come to their own realizations is definitely the way to do it so with clothing sustainability like if you you know only buy one thing from asos a month and compared to maybe buying one thing every week like at least that's making a little bit of a difference so it's just like making a very subtle change can can help and it can lead to better habits and 
I think that's all we can do at the moment and to support small companies you know like these trousers like it's a girl I know from Bournemouth who makes her own clothes and she started like her own sustainable company and I know like the 50 pounds or 60 pounds I pay for these trousers although it's a lot more than I would have to pay with like ASOS I know it's going to her and she's hand sewing it and she's very self-made you know what I mean so it's just kind of knowing where your money's going I think that's what been one of the really positive sides of lockdown is the sort of community aspect of supporting the independent businesses that we're surrounded by I know especially in Liverpool with the extra lockdowns that we've had it's really pushed people to buy things from independent stores go to independent restaurants get gift cards for Christmas for people from all these smaller shops I think it's definitely a positive of this is like we've become more con- like conscious of like yeah. these businesses that are around us these are independent and if we don't go to them if we don't endorse them they are going to die and we're just going to be surrounded by massive chain shops for the rest of our lives exactly yeah i think that is that that is a good thing to come out of this whole situation i know you've had your own experiences with as you mentioned with your anxiety i kind of like didn't recognize what it was for quite a long time and then it got quite bad when i first moved to brighton um yeah after i moved from liverpool actually and I think it was like, I mean, things can come to the surface for any reason. There's normally like some sort of catalyst. And for me, it was the fact that I'd started the band. We had very much had like kind of this mentality of saying yes to absolutely everything. Because yeah. when you're starting out, that's what you have to do. And so I was like full time at uni, had the band. I was working three separate jobs to support myself um, mm. doing all of these things. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was like fretting about keeping like my grades up and getting my work done. And I was fretting about, you know, like, are people going to turn up to our gigs and is this going anywhere and blah, all of these other things, which seem quite trivial when I think about them now. But at the time it was like so much like the, the, like the financial instability and everything. And I had to like move house and it was, it just became too much. And I had just had like a bit of a breakdown and then it just kind of like, it just lingered from there. It's like, I couldn't get this kind of cloud in my brain out of, out of my head for, for quite a long time, which is what kind of led me to then thinking about how I was going to deal with it. And I, I did go on like antidepressants for a bit. And, you know, I got very reliant on the fact that I knew I had like a packet of diazepam in my bag wherever I yeah. went. But yeah, I mean, it was a weird time and it, it's, it's stuck with me ever since. But I've just kind of, I guess, I've gotten a lot better at managing it. I think it just, it take my experiences, it takes time. It's not something you just pick up overnight. You know, you're not only having to learn about, you know, techniques to manage this, but you're also having to learn about what is going on with you. Like a a diagnosis or whatever's happening isn't just something that you get here and go, okay, well that all makes sense. And I now know what I'm doing. It's not like that. It, It takes time to kind of figure out what is happening to you anyway. And then you add in, all of a sudden you're supposed to cope with everything. I think I think this is the thing. Once again, our government doesn't realise that the industry is hardcore. Like it's it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, you're doing things that aren't just sitting at a desk where you're in your comfort zone. You're being pushed and it kind of propelled into new areas. So Absolutely. I think with mental health, it's especially for creatives, it's really really difficult. Like, I think also like the sacrifices that you have to make also play a large part in probably like our kind of 
you know our tendency to have kind of these <laughs> waivers with our mental health and mm. having to give up so many things and I know that Harry our bassist especially found it incredibly difficult when we were away so much and you know like he was engaged to be married and like his he, he kind of like he had his whole home life with all of his friends who were all settling down and they were doing all these wonderful things and he would come home would kind of feel like he was like on the outside of a window looking in on, on the life that he kind of thought that he was going to have and it was like like realizing how you're going to juggle it and like it does and that's what makes me so angry with the government in the moment because it's just do you know how, how hard and how long people have to work to be succeeding in the arts industry yeah. go go and retrain as something else okay cool literally yeah. I'll put the last decade of my life on the back burner shall I yeah and I think there's definitely that sort of attitude within the industry as well it's like oh no you're you are expected to make these difficult sacrifices and these changes and if you can't do it or you're not willing to do it then bye get out like everyone's and there's like the sort of press like well everyone's making these hard choices everyone's pushing themselves to the brink of breakdown so if you're yeah. not doing it as well then you're doing something wrong and you don't deserve to be here. It's, it's baffling, isn't it? I think, I think to be honest, like all of this stuff that's happened is like, it's a testament to like people in the creative industry's emotional resilience. From someone in the industry who's touring, obviously touring comes with its own um, difficulties when it, as you mentioned earlier with, with uh, your basis when it comes to mental health. What is something that you'd like to see in the industry in regards to that? Maybe change or something to help situation when it comes to mental health touring is a weird one but like it's kind of like well very very for us anyway it's like a very self-contained like we're in our own little bubble and the things that like cause me anguish whatever is kind of you know like stage nerves or like worrying about failure or worrying that you know that we haven't sold enough tickets for this like mm. big venue that I guess gotten us down a lot of the time before um it's 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 just I, th there's, I don't really know if there's much that people could do. I mean, like for me, the only thing I've experienced personally, which happens, I've, it's become quite normalised to me, but like we'll turn up at a venue and like I help with the loading or whatever. And, you know, I carry some boxes of T-shirts to the merch stand and they're like, oh, you merch girl. So yeah, just go over there. And, you know, like the assumption is always there that I'm not with the band. I'm just mm -hmm. an accessory. The shock that you're met with when it's just like... Yeah. Um, there's like so um so what like what's the process and I was like well I, I write the songs with Jack and I'm like what well, you 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 write the songs like most of the songs and I'm like I don't want I don't understand how this is met with like a surprise it's like a in any way to grasp, yeah. it's just it's so bizarre it's like oh because I it just I cannot I can't get my head around it they don't realize also that it, it does have an impact as much as people shrug it off and we get on with it and we just kind of smile and we just go oh I mean we're used to it I think if like what if people are having a bad day you know we've all had days where our confidence is rock bottom and we're thinking I don't know if I want to do this anymore not because I don't love it but because everything is too much and I feel like it's not working out the way it should do or whatever it may be so when people make comments like that, it does have a it does have a detrimental effect, I think, on TV. Mm. And it's almost saying that you're not good enough. There is like an underlying effect of these pre you know presumptions and whatever. Definitely, I think I think I mean already before being met with that kind of response, I've always had a, like a deep need to prove myself. Mm 
whether that's prove myself to my parents because you know I'm in an industry that doesn't tend to make an awful lot of money or proving myself because I'm a woman in a male-dominated industry or prove mm. myself as a more than a singer because everywhere I go that's what I'm assumed to be but actually I'm a songwriter in all kind of aspects of the word and do you know what I mean and like even now like I'm just I'm, I'm like completely obsessed with adding as many strings to my bow as physically possible especially with this year and it's kind of like I, this I, maybe that's I've got an issue with the, the amount of pressure that I put myself and it's definitely something that plays into my mental health and like my kind of very anxious being but it's like I, I'm always always looking for the next thing because I can never I never feel like I've achieved enough or satisfied yeah. in what I've done and it will be never it'll never be viewed or appreciated by the world as a whole we have just started releasing um our album in parts and for the first part is um the season one of weird years um so that's being kind of drip fed out at the moment the next the second the second installment of that is coming out on friday so amazing there's a very very heartwarming video of like i've managed to get the vhs tapes off my dad of like all the um all the oh. footage in the 90s of me growing up in the mountains in switzerland so it's basically an entire video of like it's me incredible. as a as a four-year-old skiing with like really cool 90s sunglasses <laughs> i bet them suits the ski suits probably got loads of bold colours and triangles all over. Yeah, yeah honestly, I, I looked sick. I'm like, what, <laughs> happened? what happened to me? Why I love it. I'm so dull. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And, Thanks um, for having me. Thanks so much to Natty for joining us this week. If you want to give her a follow, it's at Natty Catter and of course at Fickle Friends for all the band stuff. Links will be in the description. If you want to keep up to date on our next episode, you can follow us at HATC Media across Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check back for this week's grounding exercise. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.